The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the management of KUCI or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about this show, go to KUCI.org. Good morning. I'm Shane Burke. You're listening to Tech Talk here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Sorry about the uh, little lapse there. I was a little unprepared. Um, more than I should have been. I think it's the rainy weather. So, um, without any further ado, we're talking about uh, jQuery today. And jQuery is very, very exciting. Um, at least I think it's very exciting. Um, and hopefully you'll find it as exciting as I do. Um, it's, it's a really cool thing. It's basically a subset of JavaScript, which it, I'm sure you've probably heard of JavaScript. Um, like if you go into your browser, then you have the option in your security uh, settings to either make it turn JavaScript on or off. So I'm sure you've probably heard that term. JavaScript is basically um, a client-side programming language. And like we were saying... Uh, basically, client-side means that something is being run on the client's computer. It's basically a little program that's being run on there. And um, whenever we want to create some sort of... It, it basically allows us to do a lot of cool things um, dynamically. So as the user clicks things um, by what we call it events, um, our little... Um, our we can basically make little programs that will do all sorts of things for us, and uh, basically you can do whatever you want. jQuery is a JavaScript library, and the reason I'm introducing this to you is it makes a lot of the things that can be somewhat, uh, that take a, a lot of code to write with, with JavaScript, it makes it really easy. It, it's basically a collection of functions that are all cross-browser compatible, which is a great thing for us because since we're all new to this, we're beginners, um, we don't want to have to worry about um, writing code that is uh, cross-browser compatible. That's already done for us by people that are really smart, and uh, so we don't have to worry about that. We know that if we use functions that are within jQuery, we don't have to worry about cross-browser issues, which is really nice. Um, what else about jQuery is unique? Um, it, it's very, very condensed. So you can um, do this thing called chaining, and it basically allows you to, um, you know, you can add functions on top of each other very, very easily um, using kind of a dot notation, which I'm going to explain a little bit in a minute when we start talking about syntax. And so um, it's very condensed. It, it's very powerful. It allows you to do things very quickly. And that's what we want. We don't want to kind of have to get bogged down in, in all the JavaScript craziness. Um, also, one of the things about JavaScript when you're writing pure JavaScript code is when there's a mistake in your code, the function just won't work or your program just will not work. And it makes it difficult to debug and it, it's incredibly frustrating. Um, so... Yes, that's another good reason to use something like jQuery, where a lot of the common problems that people could make with the more basic JavaScript functions are taken out of the equation. Okay, so now JavaScript, or I'm sorry, jQuery is a JavaScript library, like I was saying. So you actually have to download a file. It, it's not its own language. It uses JavaScript. So... Um, I'm just going to sort of read off the URL where you can get it. I recommend using the uh, Google CDN, or Content Delivery Network, if you've never heard that term, um, because it's, it's fast, and um, yeah, so that's, that's basically why. So, uh, and it's good for scalability. So, that URL is http colon slash slash ajax, A-J-A-X dot Google APIs, 
with an S at the end, um, dot com slash Ajax slash Libs, L-I-B-S, slash jQuery, um, slash 1.3 slash jQuery dot min dot JS. And basically that's going to load in the core JavaScript library. And um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the functions that you can use, and those are called methods in JavaScript or jQuery. And um, I'll, I'll basically explain to you what all these different methods are that we could use. Um, okay, so basically just like CSS, where we had these special little tags and, and special ways to embed our CSS styles, we can also do that with JavaScript. And so uh, these are some of the tags that we didn't really touch on in our XHTML show, but today we're going to talk about them now because they're much more relevant. We know how to use them. So one of them is the script tag, and this is basically including an external file, uh, just like we did with CSS. And uh, so you'll open up your script tag. Uh, you'll, you won't include anything in it. Unlike the link tag, it's not a singleton. And so you need to open and close it uh, properly, uh, like you normally would with an HTML element. And then you've got, um, you need to include two important attributes. One of them is uh, SRC, or source, and that's the URL to your um, J JavaScript or jQuery file. And obviously our source for just including the JavaScript or the jQuery API would be that URL that I just mentioned to you a little while ago. And then we also need to include the type attribute, and the value can be is text slash forward slash um, JavaScript. And uh, so the neat thing about jQuery is it's basically, it acts as JavaScript, and it has its own special syntax. Um, so I'm going to explain the syntax to you today, but I just thought I just want to mention that for you real quick. Um, and then the second class that we have is embedded scripts. So you can actually do that same thing, except you don't have to use, you can use the script tag, but you don't have to use a source attribute and value. So that would just be uh, JavaScript or jQuery that you actually include in the HTML file itself. Now remember, to make things, um, to make it easier for us to uh, correct our code and, and to um, manage it more easily, our entire website, I re really recommend that you try and keep things in external files. Um, with jQuery, it's a little bit of a, um, uh, how do you say this, it, it's kind of, it's conflict that we have. Because one of the rules that we have um, is that um, what we want to do is, is minimize the number of HTTP requests well, I hope this isn't too advanced, but I'm just going to kind of explain it. So we want to minimize the number of requests that we have to external files that are not helping with presentation. So CSS files should come in the head. They should come first. Because what you want to do is kind of have this progressive enhancement where your, your content will load and it will begin to be styled immediately as it's loaded into the browser. Okay, so basically what we do if we're adding script tags in the head, and we have to for a reason that I'm going to explain in a minute, then we cannot, then it slows down the page load time, basically, because you're including all this extra text and stuff um, that you have to load in before the actual page loads in. So there's a, a little bit of a lag. Unfortunately, with jQuery, we don't have much of, much of a, a solution here we kind of are forced to include it in the head, um, the head tag, that is. The reason for that is you have to, um, with jQuery, it actually allows you to recognize once the, the browser is ready to start, um, let me see, uh, there you go. Sorry about that, just had to switch off a CD. Um, Basically, with, with, with jQuery, what you want to do is be able to, um, I, hmm, let's see, I kind of lost my train of thought. I'm sorry about that. Uh, okay, well, I'll just talk about the value of embedded scripts. Basically, with an embedded script, your jQuery is already there. So you don't have to make another HTTP request, which makes our page load a little bit faster. Um, 
Oh, yes. Okay, I remember what I was going to say. So ideally what we would want to do is only have to include the bare bones. We only really want to include the jQuery library, which is that URL I said in the head. So your script tag with the source attribute would be inside the, inside the head. Um, what we could do is do embedded jQuery inside each page, and that would reduce the number of HTTP requests because we, we could include that jQuery in an external file and make an, do another script tag with a reference to our new file, our custom file that we're making for that uh, page, or we could actually embed it in the HTML. And so the advantage, of course, of having it embedded is that you're going to be able to um, reduce the page load time. The disadvantage, however, is you're not actually going to be able to modify that jQuery as easily, or JavaScript um, as easily. So those are pros and cons of, of embedded and external sheets. Um, really, it, it depends on what you want to do. And, uh, you know, it's a decision that's up to you. Sometimes I, you know, certainly for my, my videos, I'll probably just be um, showing everything embedded. Uh, because it, I, it's easier not to include a bunch of files. Um, but, you know, you can do what suits you. And I, I don't really have a preference for which one is better. Um, it, I guess it depends on the size of your site and how slow it is or how fast it is. Okay, and then um, the last class that we have here is um, a script. You can do inline scripts um, to include jQuery or or to institute a, a jQuery function or something like that. Um, inline scripts um, are included in what are called event attributes. And you'll remember, I think back in the first episode or maybe the second episode where we were talking about CSS, there's all these um, common standard attributes that apply to basically every tag in all of HTML. And so the event attributes fall into this. So there's things like blur, um, focus, uh, on change, um, on mouse over, stuff like that. Um, I'm going to explain what all of those are a little bit later because jQuery actually has its own way to reference those without doing inline. Um, and so basically what I'm trying to say is stay tuned because I encourage you to actually use the jQuery functions for all of those different event attributes. Um, and not actually put them inline because inline as opposed to embedded is, is becomes much more difficult to actually maintain your code whereas the embedded is a little bit easier at least because it's in one place all the code is in one block at least um, it's less ideal to maintain than of course if it was in its separate file okay um, so now let's let's just kind of talk about how you make your first program and um, I'm going to kind of read off something that should be used. It doesn't have to, but um, I recommend that you do. Because, uh, well, I'll talk about the advantages in a second. So I'll just talk about the syn syntax. Whenever you're referring to JavaScript, you're going to use the dollar symbol, the dollar sign. And in parentheses, so you would do dollar, opening parentheses, and inside the opening parentheses, you would write the word document, all lowercase. And then you would close the parentheses, and you would use a period and the word ready, R-E-A-D-Y. And then you would open that again uh, with opening parentheses and closing parentheses. Now, inside the opening and closing parentheses for the ready method, we're actually going to include um, a excuse me, an anonymous, anonymous function. So we're going to write the word function a space and an opening and closing brackets with, I'm sorry, not brackets, parentheses, with nothing in them, and then another space and an opening bracket, and then a closing bracket. So that whole function syntax would actually be within the ready method. And uh, one of the things that I didn't point out is that um, the dollar document, as I'll call it, is um, that whole uh, dollar open parentheses, document, closing parentheses, that's called the selector. So you're basically saying, 
apply the ready method. Remember, method is just a function. And within that function, we're actually including an anonymous function, so we can do whatever we want within it um, without any values being passed into the function. Um, and we're basically saying, for the document, once it's ready, run the function that's within the um, ready method. So, what does the ready method do? What does it mean? And that's basically what I was talking about a little bit earlier, about how um, jQuery can run once the DOM is ready. So the DOM stands for Document Object Model. And it's basically saying that with whenever, when the page is loading, um, once all of the necessary HTML is there, start running this program. Um, so I'm going to explain a little bit what, how, like the DOM uh, relationships, but um, in a second. But I just wanted to point that out, that that is basically what we're trying to do. We're saying once this thing is ready, run the function. And the nice thing about it is basically we, we don't have to, um, there, there isn't a lag between when our actual code starts and when the browser appears to be ready to the user. So if you were doing animations or trying to dynamically delete some things, um, then, you know, say you wanted to do some sort of effects where you wanted to um, have a user be able to click on a link and then something would appear. Well, you would have to have that other element be visible because you would want it to be visible to people that don't have JavaScript enabled. Um, this is, again, kind of getting into the usability and, and making sure that our, our websites degrade gracefully. So what you would do is not set the display to none with CSS initially. What you would do is ins you can um, actually set, basically remove that element from the DOM before the user even sees it, before the page is actually um, visible. So it's actually going to look like to someone with JavaScript that that element never existed. However, if you didn't use the ready method, then you would actually see a flash of that element. It would be apparent as the um, page is loading to the user. It would be apparent to the user, and then they would see it disappear. And so it would look kind of funny. So basically, that's why I encourage you to, do, to use the ready method, because um, it's basically like that thing wasn't there to begin with, but it really was. So I know it's a little confusing and difficult to to explain, but um, I think you can understand the value because you're not going to see that blink, that initial, you're not going to see it there and then see it deleted. Okay, so I talked about the DOM a little bit. So the DOM is the document object model, and um, basically DOM relationships are like trees, uh, are like, they're kind of like trees, and each tree has a node where um, there's lines coming off of it. And you know, the relationships, there's terms for all these relationships, and they're pretty obvious. So let's say we had um, a node called, um, well, we'll just use an actual example from HTML. Let's use a UL, an unordered list. So that would be what's called the parent to all the things with, uh, with, uh, that are contained within it. Um, and of course, so those would be the LI um, tags, because ULs only have LIs in them, and um, or list items, in case you couldn't remember that. Um, so, and all the list items would actually be children of the UL. So, you know, the UL is the parent, the LIs are the parent, are the children. So that's pretty, pretty obvious, pretty easy to understand. And then you've got this relationship um, called siblings, and basically those are where the um, the uh, where each li and the next li would be siblings. Hopefully that made a little bit of sense. So the uh, two li's within the same ul would be siblings. Hopefully that I think that makes a little bit more sense. Um, okay, so yeah, that's basically what you need to know. And then there's one unique thing here. Whenever you include text inside of a um, inside of an element, it 
acts as a child. It is contained within a text node. So um, you'll see a little bit later, um, probably online, um, because I'll probably forget to talk about it on the air, um, that definitely um, whenever you... Yes. So basically you'll, you'll see that. Okay, so the next thing I wanted to talk about is the selectors. So remember that we start each line with a selector, basically. And uh, the neat thing about jQuery is we can use CSS selectors. They're not all just um, these kind of arbitrary things that don't... They're not all new to you, so that's nice. We don't have to really learn a lot of new stuff. There are some new things and things that I'm not going to talk about today that could be useful to you, but I, I tried to pick the most useful things. Um, uh, so there, there are CSS selectors, and there's also some language-specific selectors, which I was mentioning earlier. And I think some of the CSS selectors we didn't talk about because um, they don't work in Internet Explorer 6. Well, the neat thing here is we can actually use jQuery and JavaScript to have access to those CSS selectors, which is really neat. So if you wanted to actually um, apply something to, you know, some sort of style to an element, but you didn't have a way to reference it easily with CSS because of the limitations that IE6 presents, well, if IE6 has JavaScript enabled, then you can actually use uh, these new relationships that I'm going to show you. And there's only two. Uh, so that's not too difficult. Um, okay, so the first thing that you want to know is there's the star, and or asterisk. And this is basically selecting all the elements in the document, uh, which can be helpful, but I recommend you don't use it because it's going to really load down um, the browser, unless you have a really small page. And I don't really know when you would want to use this. Um, but... Just know that you can. Um, and one thing I should say is that um, once we start talking about these, all these selectors have to be contained within double quotes inside of um, the opening and closing parentheses. So we've got the dollar sign, opening and closing parentheses, and then within those opening and closing parentheses, double quotes with our values within it. So we can have the star, which is or asterisk, which will select everything in the document, all the elements, we can use the pound sign, the dollar, I'm sorry, not, not the dollar, the number sign, um, which will select an, for an ID, one ID, or, you know, you can select a single element with that ID, just like in CSS. You've got the period, or as I sometimes call it, the dot, and uh, that's, that's for selecting a specific class. So you can actually select multiple elements with the same class, um, again, just like CSS. Then you've got parent is greater than child. And that's basically, think of the um, greater than sign as like a carrot. It's basically saying, um, for each parent, get the child. Get, get all the children of a certain parent. Um, so that's pretty self-explanatory. That's one of the CSS things. That is a CSS, I believe, 2.0 or maybe 3.0 um, selector there. But... It, it works in jQuery, so that's that's a new one to us, I believe. Um, you've also got previous plus next, and and so basically, what what I'm trying to say is, you can include, um, for example, an ID when I say parent or previous, or you can include a class, or you can include a actual element. So one of the things I actually forgot to mention to you is you can actually include a tag, so it'll select all the tags in the document. So you could say A inside of the um, selector, the jQuery selector, and that will actually give you all the anchors, all the links in that page, which is really useful. Uh, so, like I said, uh, parent and child, those are basically placeholders. You can include any of these selectors that I previously talked about and group them so that you're saying um, make this ID the parent, and then for all, for all the um, IDs that match that, we'll... There will only be one, of course. Um, get the children, all the children of that parent. So get all the children of that ID. Um, 
And then we've got previous plus next, and this is basically um, selects all the next elements that are immediately preceded by the previous, which sounds a little confusing, but um, so if you say, uh, how about label? So we'll just use the label element name uh, plus next. Um, so, you know, that could be like the next, we could say the next, um, input. So the input would be, uh, so it would select all of those that, all of those inputs that are preceded immediately by a label. If you had something in between them, it wouldn't select the, um, label. Or, I'm sorry, the ID, the input. So basically we're trying to select inputs there, and we're saying only if it follows a label. If it doesn't follow a label, don't give me the value. Don't or don't give me the element. Don't put it in our result set. Um, and then we've got previous tilde, which is like the curly braces, or not the curly braces, the um, curly sign that is at the top left of your keyboard. And um, so we've got previous tilde siblings, and that selects all the next elements that have the same parent. So basically, if I if I um, said, uh, how about I, I picked a class for my previous value, so I would do dot blue tilde li, so it would give me all of the um, li's that, that are after the first li I mentioned, and the, of course the ones that have the same parent. So if I had two ul lists, and I gave one UL a class of blue, or I'm sorry, I gave one LI a class of blue in one of the ULs, and I gave the other one a class of red in the other ULs, in the other UL. Then it would only be selecting for the, which one did I say, blue? Then it would only be selecting for the, the um, UL with the LI that has a class of blue, and that would give me all of the following siblings of that um, Li. Hopefully that makes a little bit of sense. Uh, again, check out the internet because it does help to see these. And unfortunately, uh, there isn't a good resource like W3Schools for jQuery, at least none that I'm aware of. So I'll try and be very detailed online um, and really kind of show you the ropes. Okay, and then we've got the square bracket values, and these have to be preceded by... Um, either a, a um, number sign or a, a dot or one of the other selectors that we just talked about, with the exception of the, the star, the asterisks for all. Um, so these are basically saying for everything, so you, you've got the square brackets, and you can include an attribute name. So basically that's going to say, um, give me everything that matches the previous selectors and only the ones that have a specific attribute. So that's, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. It may not make sense. So again, check out online. Uh, check out our videos. And then um, another one we've got is square brackets and inside that we can put an attribute, so like the name attribute, um, equals value. So the equal sign and then a value that we want that attribute to equal. Um, the other thing we can do is the complete opposite. We could say the uh, inside square brackets attribute does not equal value. And the way we write does not equal in programming languages is we use the exclamation point followed by an equal sign, which is because obviously there isn't a, um, it's not easy to write a does not equal to sign in um, on a computer because that's like a special symbol um, and then we've got an attribute followed by the tilde equal sign value and that basically so uh, it basically selects an element with a value that is space delimited so that means if you have a class for example I could do inside of the square brackets class tilde equal sign uh, let's say blue, and it would recognize 
all of the um, values that have a class of blue, even those that have multiple classes, um, and one of the classes is blue. So it's not only referring to only those that have the class of blue, which is only those elements that only have a class of blue. Um, instead, you can separate, let's say I wanted a class of blue and red for one element, then I, in my HTML, to write the attribute value, I would do blue inside of the class attribute, of course. I would write blue space red. Then, um, if I wanted to select all of the elements that have a class of blue, even if there's multiple um, elements or multiple attribute values for one, then I would use the tilde equals sign and then write the value of blue after it. And it should give me all of all, all, all occurrences of the class blue, no matter if it's uh, just on its own or if it's in a space-separated list as the value of a, um, of a class attribute. Okay, and now we've got uh, some of the, they're obvious, but, um, and they're also um, things that are apparent in Java, or in CSS for some parts, um, but they're basically custom to jQuery, which is kind of nice. So we can um, actually specify even an odd, which is really neat, because if we let's say we wanted to really easily make a table that had alternating colors for the, all the rows, then we could use the even and odd values to do that. Um, so, like we could give every even element a value of, um, let's say, highlight, and then all of those will be highlighted. Uh, they'll have the class of highlight. Um, so that would that would be achieved with colon even and then colon odd would be the inverse of that it would be every odd element so basically with these they are um, selecting the element and then they're um, kind of increasing by one they're, they're skipping the next sibling um, I think that makes sense but basically in JavaScript or in HTML and, and the DOM the document object model you there's a um, numbering system that's assigned to every child and it starts with zero and it, it just ascends so each child would just be assigned a value of a, a index value as we call it of zero one two three four five six seven eight etc and so basically you're you're looking at the index value and assigning it a certain class or you know performing a certain action on it um, so you know, if we wanted to, we could make all of the even elements in a list disappear or do something like that or just change the class or do whatever we want. Um, and then you've got colon first and colon last. So these are basically saying the first um, instance that matches the selector. And then you've also got colon last, which would be the last instance that matches the selector. So if I had maybe like a list of things, all of them with the same class, like all of my LIs with the same class. Maybe I was like trying to make them block level or something, or apply a certain, st or maybe apply a border around every list item. How about that? Then I want to apply a different border color for the last one in, in the list, the last LI. Or, and I could also do, you know, add a one for the uh, the first a different color border color for the first element so that's an instance where I would use first and last I would say um, use the class that I specified for my my allies and say dot class colon first or dot class colon last um, and basically I could uh, select only the first and last ones then there's first child first hyphen child and last hyphen child. Uh, these are pretty self-explanatory. Again, it's very much like first and last, um, except in this case you're selecting the children and not the actual um, uh, uh, match set. Um, okay, so let's see. And then I have a note here that there are many more useful selectors, but these are only 
Oh, these are the only ones that I'll talk about. Okay, so basically, if you want to find out more, you can go to jQuery.com and click on Documentation, and they've got a list of all of this stuff. And there's text describing it and some examples. Um, so I guess you could go there if you have any questions about jQuery, um, because they do actually have some working examples, but there's also example uh, instances where they don't have working examples. And it would be really helpful if they did. So I'll try and fill in the gaps online in our videos. Okay, now we get into kind of the second class of JavaScript or jQuery, and those are the methods. Basically what makes all of our selections do something. Um, so the first thing we've got is dot add class. And the C in class, you know, most of the time we, we use lowercase letters. Um, except in JavaScript where we're actually we're not using hyphenation and our um, our, our word is in, our, our method name is uh, all put together. It, it doesn't have hyphens in it. Um, so we actually use something called camel case. So I'll actually spell this for you. And it's dot add, all lowercase, class, capital C, and then L-A-S-S -S is all lowercase. So that's that's example of camel case. You're basically capitalizing the first letter um, of each word, except for the first letter. Um, in the in the attribute name, so you notice that the a in the ad, in the add add was actually um, lowercase, and there was no space, so you just write it like that. And then again, as we kind of talked about a little bit earlier with the ready method, then um, you would have opening and closing parentheses and uh, write the name of the class included enclosed in double quotes um, that you would like to add to an element. So now you're being able to see how jQuery works, how this chaining works that I was talking about. Because we can add a class to all of the A attributes. So let's say I would do dollar, opening parentheses, opening double quotes, A, so the element name. So it's going to, uh, jQuery is going to select all of the element or all of the anchors in our document. Then you've got the closing double quotes, then the closing parentheses, and then the period, add class, open parentheses, open uh, double quotes. Uh, what do we, we want to do again? Um, how about we just say blue? So we'll add a class of blue to all of the links on our, on our web page. Um, so we'll just write blue inside the, the parentheses or inside the double quotes, close the double quotes, close the parentheses, and then close that, end the line with a semicolon. You end every line in jQuery with a semicolon. The neat thing is, we don't have to um, end there. We can actually extend that line and make it even longer. And this is the what chaining is. So if, let's say I wanted to add that class, and then I wanted to... Um, let's say add a add text or change the text inside of every link. Now this this would be bad because you'd be changing the text inside every single link to be the same thing. But I'm trying to show you an example that is easy to understand. So after the add class and and closing the parentheses and adding our value inside there, then we do another period and then text t e x t all lowercase and then opening and closing parentheses. And then inside those opening and closing parentheses for text, we could include in double quotes whatever text we want to add inside of every single link on that page. So now you're starting to see how jQuery is so powerful because you're selecting all of the links and you can filter them and, and stuff as I'm going to show you. And um, So I'm going to show you that in a minute. Um, but not only are you applying it to every link, but in the same, you don't have to rewrite the selector. You can actually use one selector and multiple methods on that selector. And all of the functions that you're applying to one selector will be applied to everything that that selector selects for. So in this case, it would be every single link. So with that one line of code, we'd be adding the class of blue as well as the text of, let's say, hello. Um, so every single link on the page would have the class of blue and have the t inner text in its own text node um, 
the, the text of hello. So hopefully, I mean, I, I clearly get a little bit too excited about this, but um, it's really going to make your life much easier. So I encourage you to use chaining whenever possible. Um, let's see, what else do we have? So we have the ATTR, lowercase a. Of course, remember the first letter of everything, every method is lowercase. Um, and, and all of them will be, I'll specify when there's camel case. Um, and basically you can include a attribute name. Uh, so, it, uh, you know, maybe, you, well, you can do a, a name comma value pair or just the name. So uh, name comma value will actually kind of like reset the value. Or change the value to whatever you put in the value. And uh, name is obviously specifying the attribute name that you're trying to select for. So going back to our example with all the links, I would do dollar, open and closing parentheses, and inside of that, uh, A in double quotes, dot ATTR, or attribute, and uh, how about we'll do the name comma value pair. So I'll do um, the name of ID, or actually, no, that's bad, class. I'll do class again. So we'd include class in quotes, comma, and then whatever value I wanted all the link elements to have. So I'll do blue again. I'll write blue inside of quotes, uh, close the parentheses, and close that line, or continue on with more methods for doing the using chaining methods. Um, so that, okay, so <laughs> you can see the value of that basically changing an attribute and uh, the thing that's different from add class and attribute is obviously you can pick any attribute it was bad that I picked um, add class uh, because I could have just used add class and didn't have to use ATDR uh, but you can see the power you can change any attribute change the value of any attribute uh, and then we've got remove ATTR where the A in ATTR is capitalized and you would include in there the name. Uh, the Inside the parentheses would be the name of the attribute that you actually want to re remove. Then you, also, likewise, you've got the remove class, where the C in class is capitalized. Again, inside parentheses, you would be including the um, name of the class that you would like to remove. And it is uh, inside double quotes. Then we've got dot text, which I already kind of talked to, talked to you about. If you just write dot text with nothing in it, then it's going to get the text. If you include a value inside of the text, then um, it will actually uh, set the text to be that value. So it's, you're basically changing the text inside of a, of a text node. Um, and of course, you would only have to refer to the parent. So if I want to change the text inside of an LI, then um, I would just reference that LI with this jQuery selector and then use the uh, .text method to actually change the text inside there. I don't actually have to reference the text node. I just want to make that differentiation. And then you've got .val or value. And in there, you can actually, again, get, um, if you leave the parentheses blank, you can get the value. If you include a value, which, of course, would be uh, inside of double quotes, then you you're setting the value of that field to be whatever you, you want it to be, whatever is inside the parentheses. Um, so value is only applied to things like form elements, which I, we talked about online and we didn't really talk about on the radio. So if you're a little uh, unclear about that, check out check out the radio, or I'm sorry, the internet. Eventually, eventually I'm gonna uh, have all that up there. Let's see what else do we have. We have the add.add, and then inside of there you can uh, write some sort of uh, selector, and basically you're adding elements to a set of matched elements. So uh, trying to think of a good example for that, but I can't think of one, and since we're kind of crunched for time, I'll just move on. Uh, dot children, and then you can, uh, there's an optional filter selector in there that you can put, 
And then so basically you're getting the children of all the selected elements in the selector. And you'd be, um, you know, uh, you know, changing it somehow or, or filtering the children uh, using the filter selector. Uh, so I would use the jQuery selector, a dot children, and then inside of that I could again do another selector. So I could do dot blue. So I would select, let's say I did A in my jQuery selector. So I'd be do doing dollar inside the parentheses A, uh, excuse me, period, um, children, opening parentheses, um, inside double quotes blue, close the parentheses, and then I basically just got all of the, I said links, with um, the class of blue, uh, with children of the class blue. So that would actually be a very bad example because I don't know <laughs> um, if you can put, I think you can put things inside of an, a link, but it has to be inline. Um, dot siblings. So this is basically like children. And again, you can use a filter selector inside of the parentheses. And that gets um, all the siblings of the selected elements. Again, if you just left the filter selector blank, then it would just be giving you all the siblings of uh, the jQuery selector. Um, and so one of the things I want to point out is that this applies to all of the children in that element. So I'm trying or all the siblings in that element. So I'm trying to think of a good example. I'll just go back to a UL and an LI. So if I had an LI of blue, then um, I could say uh, dollar, uh, opening and closing parentheses, dot blue inside of quotes, of course, and then period, uh, and then uh, I could do, uh, what am I on, uh, dot siblings. Um, opening and closing parentheses, and then what did I want to do? Um, oh, I'll just leave it blank, and then so if I if I leave the parentheses blank, um, then I would get all of the siblings where there is an li element with class blue, or actually it would be, actually be L, every element because I only said dot blue in my jQuery selector, so I'd be selecting every single element with the class of blue and then getting all of its siblings for every single one. So I think that's clear. Basically for every single, um, what did I say, class of blue, it's going to have a whole group of siblings for that. And then every single class of blue is going to have its, its own group of siblings. So you can see how powerful that is. Um, and then you've got parent, uh, dot parent, Again, you can have a filter selector in there or just um, leave it blank and it'll get you the parent of um, every single attribute or every single element within the jQuery selector. Then you've got dot .previous and dot .next. Those are pretty obvious. You're going to the previous sibling or the next sibling. Um, and uh, those are just empty values. You, you don't put anything inside the parentheses. Um, and then you've got filter where filter um, allows you to reduce the set to those that um, match the selector or pass the functions test. Um, so I'm not going to actually talk about filter in depth right now because you can actually pass a function in there. And uh, we're not quite there yet. But um, it's basically a way for you to reduce the number and, and further filter, of course, um, the result set from the jQuery selector. So, like how the, all these other ones basically used, um, you know, our basic CSS selectors and the ones that I talked about earlier um, for filtering the children and the siblings and the parents, those are just using the CSS selectors and the special jQuery selectors that I mentioned earlier. With filter, you can actually use a function and um, kind of like customly 
choose how you want to um, filter your list, however you want to do it. You can use something called regular expressions, which we'll get into. I don't even know if we're going to cover it, but um, it's definitely beyond the scope of what we're trying to do right now. Um, it looks like we're coming to the end of the hour, and I've been having so much trouble trying to get our uh, podcast up because they just take up more space than our server allows us to upload. So I'm going to end with filter, and we'll pick up with the rest of the methods next week. Um, and so basically we've got a couple more methods, and then um, we've got events, event methods, and then we've got um, really cool things that are unique to jQuery. So we've got a fade in method and, and stuff like that. And we'll conclude with this thing called toggle. Um, which basically really makes it really easy for you to um, make anonymous functions and include jQuery within those functions. And so that's really the only time we're going to be talking about functions, but I think it'll be much more clear once we start talking about toggle. So um, that's the last example I'm going to talk about on the radio. So we'll pick up with that next week. I hope you enjoyed jQuery. I know I sure did. I, I absolutely love jQuery. And um, I encourage you to always... Um, Look at jQuery.com if you're having any trouble with something. You can always email me, of course. I think my email is up on the website. Um, and I hope you look forward to all of our movies that I'm going to be uploading. I have a lot of ideas for movies, and I think they're going to be great because you can actually um, see how to do a lot of advanced things. However, unfortunately, um, the uh, um, I don't have iMovie on my computer, so I'm going to the Apple Store right after this show. So um, be on the lookout for that. Hopefully it'll be on Sunday when I get those up. We've got some great surf music next. All right.